This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your moral off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, we're going to be talking about wide receiver Nikhil Harry, the wide receiver for the New England Patriots, who, according to sources, have asked for a trade from the New England Patriots. So I have some questions in my inbox and some members of the Who That Nation wanted me to answer the question, should the New Orleans Saints uh, consider trading for wide receiver Nikhil Harry? Uh, but before I get started, thank you all so much for following into the chat. Thank you so much for allowing the State of the Saints podcast to be a part uh, of your day. And I really do appreciate that. And also want to send a special shout out to everybody in the state of Florida that's affected by Elsa. Um, I hope you all are safe right now. You know, I mean, hopefully that your family is safe and, and my heart and, and prayers go out to you and your family as well. Well, let's talk a little bit about Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry, uh, he was drafted back in 2019 by the New England Patriots. Uh, he came out of Arizona State. He was a two-time first-team All-Pac-12. He's 6'4", he's 225 pounds, and he was the first first-round pick that the New England Patriots selected since back in 1996 when they drafted the late Terry Glenn. You know, Nikhil Harry is uh, one of uh, Bill Belichick's first wide receivers picked in the first round. Um, you know, Bill Belichick normally doesn't go in that direction when it comes uh, to, you know, drafted players. But Nikhil Harry, his first season back in 2019, 
he suffered a, a career, well, not a career, but a season-ending ankle injury, and he was sidelined because, you know, something that he suffered during training camp. So he missed the entire 2019 season. Uh, 2020 uh, really didn't set the world on fire. 33 receptions, uh, 33 receptions, 309 yards, two touchdowns. And uh, no, that was last season. I'm sorry. In 2019, he had 12 receptions for, uh, let me see, 105 yards. In 2020, he had 33 receptions for 309 yards and two touchdowns. So that's a total of 45 receptions and about four touchdowns. And, you know, a guy that's a first round draft pick for a team, you know, teams are normally looking for a guy to come in to change the fortunes. And I said this on the last edition that when a team selects you in the first round, they're expecting you to be that number one receiver or emerge to be that number one receiver. We've seen it when it came to the Minnesota Vikings last season, right? You know, they got rid of Stefan Diggs because they felt that Adam Thielen was a number one receiver and they drafted Jordan Jefferson out of LSU. And now you look at Jordan Jefferson, he's looking like a first, a number one receiver, right? And Adam Thielen, I mean, he's a, he's a number one as of right now, but you know, that's what teams do. They, they draft these guys because they expect those guys to serve in that role. But here's the thing. You know, here, here's the reality of it all. All right. Here's the reality of it all. Nikhil Harry is not very good. Right? I'm, I'm just being 100 percent real. Nikhil Harry isn't very good. There's nothing about Nikhil Harry that I see that that I would feel that the Saints need to go out here and trade in, uh, for him. I mean, the guy doesn't really show me that much passion on the field. He doesn't really show me that dominant receiver that that I expect for him to be. And I don't feel bad about saying that because, I mean, last season, uh, you know, well, season before last, he played with Tom Brady. And you can give him, I guess, like a little bit uh, of the, the the benefit of the doubt because of Cam Newton. Cam Newton isn't as accurate with the football as a Tom Brady is. But Nikhil Harry, to me, I feel like he was a waste of a draft pick. There's nothing about Nikhil Harry I expect for him to go on to be a number one receiver on anybody's team. He, to me, is like falling into Darius Hayward Bay type territory to me. I don't know if y'all remember back in the day, uh, Darius Hayward Bay was the last draft pick uh, by the late Al Davis for the Oakland Raiders. And people were raising their eyebrows wondering what the hell Al Davis was thinking when you had Michael Crabtree coming out of Texas Tech and even though Michael Crabtree didn't end up being everything we expected him to be, he had a better career than Darius Hayward Bay. All Darius Hayward Bay was was really fast. Nikhil Harry is really fast. I mean, and he's physically imposing. But at the same time, to make a trade for him, hell no. I don't know anybody's thinking about that. As a matter of fact, Bishop Bowen. Hell no. To the no, no, no. Hell to the no. I mean, honestly, man, this is this is just a show to, you know, give to the who that nation, because I mean, this was like maybe the fourth or the fifth time through an inbox. I heard somebody ask me this question. Nikhil Harry does not deserve to be traded for. I mean, his agent coming out here saying he wants to be traded. I would like to see the team that is going to give the New England Patriots anything for this guy. And if they do, they probably going to give them like a seven round pick, probably two packs of M&M's and maybe two tickets to the local movie theater. But that's about it, man. You ain't about to get no money for this dude. You ain't about to get no draft leverage for this dude. And anybody in the Saints and who that nation that's thinking that this dude is going to come in and change the fortune of the New Orleans Saints, I have to say, man, I don't think it's April 20th, right? So I don't think anybody should be high around this time. You have to be out of your freaking mind. 
there's nobody on this Saints team that I feel like that's not better than Akil Harry at this stage of his career. You look at somebody like Mark Cass Calloway. Mark Cass Calloway, in my opinion, is better than Akil Harry. You look at somebody like Deontay Harris. Deontay Harris, in my opinion, and what he can do is better than Akil Harry. You look at Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith is better than Nikhil Harry. So what does anybody in their right mind, why would they honestly believe that Nikhil Harry would be better than anything the New Orleans Saints have? Besides the fact that he played for the Patriots. And we always looking to try to find somebody that has some type of name. I, I, I keep telling members of the Who That Nation, stop falling in love with names. Why do we keep falling in love with names? Why do we love names so much? Why do we feel like we have to be validated by names? Just because a guy is not a big name receiver, just because a guy doesn't come in with cachet and coming from a big name university and come with a lot of fanfare does not mean he can't contribute to a football team. We do this every single year. Should we get this dude? Any guy that gets get cut, get released, get traded, we looking at this guy, man, you think we need to get him? And we put up our guys against these guys. There's nobody on this Saints team that I would trade for Nikhil Harry. I'm telling you, man, maybe a box of Melamars, maybe two, two proofs of persons from a cereal box, but I know ain't nobody seriously considering trading anything that the Saints have for Nikhil Harry. This dude has been playing for three years. 32nd pick overall in the first round of the 2019 NFL draft. And he only had 45 receptions and four touchdowns. I don't need to tell y'all, ladies and gentlemen, that's not very good. If we want to look at somebody that is not living up to expectations, look no further than the kill Harry. We up here talking about, man, what about Traquan? Man, Traquan has had a better career than the kill Harry. I mean, come on, man. Now, come on. Don't, don't, don't knock my boy like that now. There's there's nothing on this New Orleans Saints wide like honestly, let's go let's go down the list here. Let's go down the list. Let's go down the list, and then I'll go ahead and get to some of your questions and comments. Let's look at Michael Thomas. Let let's not look at Michael Thomas. Let's just knock him off the table. That's not that's not even worth the discussion. Let's look at Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith has had five touchdowns in each of his last what two or three seasons, right? So I had about fifteen touchdowns. Traquan Smith. Really good blocker, solid pass catcher. Not everything that we think that he's he needs to be at this time, but we feel like he has a lot of upside. I'm going to say that he's better than Akil Harry. Let's look at Lil Jordan Humphreys. Lil Jordan Humphreys, the only thing that separates him is opportunity. Lil Jordan Humphreys had his first touchdown catch against the Kansas City Chiefs late in the fourth quarter of, of a game that was pretty good, right? All he needs is experience. Would I trade Lil Jordan Humphrey for Nikhil Harry? Nope. What about Jawan Johnson, a guy that's around the same height and the same size as Nikhil Harry? Seems like he's probably going to get moved over the tight end. Do I feel like that's going to help his career? Absolutely. So would I trade him for Nikhil Harry? No. Deontay Harris, one of the best, if not the best, kick returner and punt returners in the game. Guy that can take the top off the defense and he can take over a game if necessary. Would I trade him for Nikhil Harry? Nope. What about Kawhi Baker, the guy that's coming out of South Alabama, the guy that I consider to possibly be the answer to the third down, uh, third and fourth, uh, you know, the short yardage situation type uh, wide receiver we need, the slot receiver we've been looking for since Willie Sneed. Would I trade him? Nope. 
I mean, come on, man. What are we talking about here? Marquez Callaway, a guy that can help you on special teams if Deontay Harris goes down, a guy that showed that he can he can lead the team in receptions and, and take over a game just in case Michael Thomas gets double covered. Would I trade him for Nikhil Harry? Nope. So what the hell are y'all talking about? All those people say, I, I would, I might. What? What are we wishing on a star here? I wish I may. I, I wish I might. No. Hell no. What are y'all talking about, man? No way. Nikhil Harry is not worth the price of admission or a trade. I don't know what y'all been looking at, man. 45 receptions. The longest catch he had in his career is 30 yards and four touchdowns in three years. Where they do that at? But I'm going to read some of your comments. Thank y'all for, uh, for chiming in. I'm going to start with Terry. Terry says, exactly. Slim says, hell to the no, no, no. Ray Ray says, sons and five. <laughs> Jerry says, okay, Slim, south. Hellwood says, Kurt Warner made a video about Jameis and Taysom pointing out the good and the bad in their game. Well, I mean, I trust Kurt Warner. I like Kurt Warner a lot. And, you know, I think that he has good intentions. I, I trust his uh, analysis. He, I mean, he's a solid, he's a solid uh, commentator, man. Damien says, facts, TJ, who are these people who are asking about this guy? Man, I, man, I was shocked. You know, I wasn't even going to go in this direction. I saved the show that I was going to talk about today for tomorrow. Uh, but, man, I, I mean, I, my, in, my inbox and my email were flooded by Nikhil Harry. And not to mention there was an article put out. I don't know if it was Cornell Street Chron- uh, Chronicles or who that dish, but they were even talking about it. Talking about uh, Nikhil Harry to the Saints makes sense. Huh? Uh, I don't know, man. Shouts out to all those uh, beat writers out there, man. All those guys that work hard and burn the midnight oil to give us quality content and quality journalism. But, man, it don't make sense to me. I might have to disagree with that. Greg says, I I would I would rather Tommy Lee. Yeah, I would take Tommy Lee Lewis, you know? I mean, Tommy Lee Lewis will give you some type of reduction than Nikhil Harry, dude. Nikhil Harry, to me, I don't know if it's just the, the Patriots offense or just the fact that he just lazy. You know, I, I just don't get it, man. He has all the upside and the ability and stuff like that. And he has the media machine trying to push him to be that guy, but he just not that guy. And I mean, it's not his fault. You know, sometimes like when you go to these big market teams and I feel like he was kind of, uh, he kind of fell into a bad spot, right? You know, when you when you go to a team and first off, like I said, he was the first wide receiver selected by Bill Belichick in the Bill Belichick era. So that was the first time in like 18, 19 years. And then he was the first wide receiver drafted in the first round. I'm going to say first round, not the first receiver, but the first receiver drafted in the first round by Belichick and the first receiver drafted in the first round since Terry Glenn. So you had all of that expectations on top of the fact that you're playing for the New England Patriots, one of the most successful football franchises in the last two decades. Not to mention that you were going to a team that was led by arguably the greatest quarterback of all time is the greatest quarterback of all time to summon Tom Brady. So if anything goes wrong, the offense goes to, goes to crap you know they're not going to blame tom brady they're going to like what's the difference so i just feel like he may have fell into a bad spot i guess you can make that argument right if he goes to a smaller market where the expectations are lower maybe he'll be able to exceed or maybe he'll be able to go out there and do his thing 
but I, I don't know, man. You know, like I, I man, I, I question guys' ability. Like there are sometimes like you see guys, and sometimes their circumstance caused them to not live up to full expectations. And we're looking at that right now. Like we we when we have these arguments about Jameis Winston, right? When we're arguing about Jameis Winston, we're talking about Jameis and we're saying things like, well, he fell to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were a struggling franchise. He went up in there. They have no running game. They have no offensive line, whatever. Right. So we give guys the benefit of the doubt. But the thing, the difference between Jameis and the kill to me was the fact that Jameis tried hard. Jameis, Jameis understood his limitations. Jameis knew that he wasn't all he cracked up to be. Right. But I can I can say one thing about Jameis Winston. You can talk about him all you want to. You can laugh at the interceptions. But one thing you can you cannot say about Jameis Winston is that he ever gave up in a game. He is rather he tried too hard to try to win the game, or uh, you know what I'm saying he he pushed so the team can win that football game. With Nikhil Harry, I'm not getting those vibes. There are certain guys that I see that I don't get those type of vibes from. Guys like Indomitian Sue to me, right? You know what I'm saying? I, I just feel like, you know, football mercenaries. I, I get those vibes from people like Jadavion Clowney, who are football mercenaries, guys that I feel like can turn it on and off. You know, like you look at guys like Aaron Donald, who are always on. You look at people like Drew Brees. He was always on. You know what I'm saying? Like you look at guys like Michael Thomas, always on. And then you have those guys that have talent, have the ability, have the skill, but they turn it on and off like a light switch, man. It's like they'll go for a buck 25 receiving one week, and then the next week they'll go for about 18, 19 yards. You're like, what the hell going on here? Why? What, what's the up and down, man? What's the New York Stock Exchange stock market type uh, stats you putting up here? Up and down, up and down. That is what I'm getting from him. I feel like this dude be phoning it in. And anytime a guy I feel like phones it in, anytime I feel like a guy not putting up his best effort, I don't want him nowhere near a team that I root for. I'm serious. There's nothing I dislike more. And I'm not saying I, I dislike the kill Harry because I don't know him. I'm just saying what I dislike. One thing I dislike is a person that quits and gives up when they have all the ability in the world. I used this example a couple weeks ago. It's like a guy that's six foot seven, six foot eight that's in your gym and can't dunk. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's just like that is to me. A guy that's six, seven, six, eight and can't shoot or play basketball. You get angry at looking at that. Now, we can say, oh, man, you know, everybody at six, 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 seven don't mean they can play basketball. But at the same time, if you're in there playing basketball with them and you possess certain type of skills, but you're not tall, you, you get angry looking at that person, right? You're like, man, I wish I did have your height. I wouldn't be up in here playing. A lot of these guys have these skills and these abilities and this upside, and they don't use it to their advantage. And that, who that nation ticks me off. And that definitely makes me not want to root for a guy like that. In order for Nikhil Harry to get my support, I mean, who am I, right? But in order for him to get my support for any type of trade or being signed by the Saints, he got to show me something. I watched Nikhil Harry quite a bit playing some games, and I got to tell you, man, I mean, David Copperfield, uh, David Blaine, and Chris Angel got something in common with Nikhil Harry, they all disappear, all right? I'll tell you, they all disappear. They, I mean, it, it just, it's amazing to me, you know, the way that that guy just disappears in football games. 
TJ, tell us how you really feel. I, I'm just being serious. I'm being serious, Pammy. Like, I'm I'm not impressed. I, I don't understand. Like, what what has what has I hope in first off, I hope anybody that said the Saints may need to consider to kill Harry. I hope to God in heaven that you aren't one of those people that's talking about Taysom need to start over James. Because this would be the biggest hypocrisy ever. This would be the biggest hypocrisy ever. Because how on one hand can you say that, well, Nikhil Harry, all you have to do is go to a team that, you know, that 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 cater to his strengths. Huh? But then turn around and say something like, well, Jameis ain't the answer. Well, how do you know? Because the same argument that people in the Who That Nation, same fans all over are telling you the same thing about Jameis. So how can on one hand Nikhil Harry's uh, career can be saved by coming to New Orleans, but Jameis Winston's career can't? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That is the true definition of hypocrisy to me. All right. I hope I hope anybody that said Nikhil Harry could be a good member of the Saints is not the same people that's up here lobbying for Taysom Hill to start over Jameis because they feel like Jameis ain't the answer. Because that is hypocrisy. True, true definition of hypocrisy. Scroll down a little bit more. Uh, let's go to Be Kind. Be Kind, thank you very much for $5. Says, thanks for speaking out. Great show. Smash that like button. Yeah, I agree, man. If y'all are loving the show, if y'all liking the content, please hit the like button. Trying to grow the show. Trying to grow, uh, you know, and get other people to know about the show. And if, you're not, if you can't donate and, and, you know, stuff like that, I would just appreciate if you, you know, if you hit the like button so we can, you know, fall into the algorithm so other people can actually, you know, learn about the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, speaking of the State of the Saints podcast, man, tomorrow uh, I'm going to have from a dynasty owner, fantasy football, the owner of a dynasty owner, uh, Mr. Tim Peeper. He's going to be on the show tomorrow morning to tell us a little bit about dynasty owner, fantasy football, who is the sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast this week. So I'm going to be sitting down with him talking a little bit about dynasty owner fantasy football. And he's also going to be talking to us a little bit about some of those guys. If you're into fantasy football, some of those people that you need to look out for. So tomorrow morning, uh, the owner of the uh, dynasty owner fantasy football league, Mr. Tim Peeper will be on the show, man. Excited to uh, hear from him, but let's go uh, start with a uh, slim South here. Hold on. Let me scroll down. I'm sorry. Slim South says our wide receivers will step up now. That's the playbook will open up by being able to stretch the field. I agree, man. I think we're going to see wide receivers uh, doing uh, things that we probably aren't used to them doing over the past couple of years because now you have a, a quarterback that can stretch the field. Excited for Quine Baker and the receiver court we have. Me too. I am too. Oh, yeah. He, 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 he. <laughs> Elite goods. Uh, if you want to win, uh, give Booby a spin. <laughs> all the Saints receivers should be good. I agree. Man, look, if I think if we had something to worry about, I don't think that Sean Payton would be waiting this long to try to sign a wide receiver. I think he's happy with what he has. Gabriel says, every day I'm waiting to watch your videos. I love Saints here in Brazil. Have a lack of NFL fans, but I love this team. Uh, Gabriel, thank you so much. Watching all the way in Brazil. Uh, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Uh, that boy Purge said, play hell to the no. I think I already played that. Uh, the front office says they are happy with our wide receiver core, and that's good enough for me. Colorado says, what up, TJ? How was your day? Oh, you know, it's been pretty slow and steady, man. I've been in a house. It's been raining here in South Carolina 
earlier this morning we had a tornado warning and uh, we still have a trop uh a tor- i want to say a tropical storm warning in effect till about seven o'clock uh eastern standard time here in, in myrtle beach so man, i've been kind of low-key um because of the weather i couldn't make it out there to the radio station today um so um i've just been kind of just in the house working on some things for the radio station remotely and uh just uh coming up with some content uh to talk about for this show which I'm probably going to have to wait till tomorrow to bring up some of that content that I actually had for this show. But when I started going into the mailbag, I just noticed a, a, a great amount of individuals wanting to hear about Nikhil Harry. And I'm like, <laughs> why? <laughs> uh, my cousin, Alex said, Tim, Tim, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing, brother? How you doing, man? Hope you're doing good. Uh, Damien says me personally, I've been saying for a while, if the saints go after a receiver, I think it should be Golden Tate, in my opinion. Yeah, me too, because I feel like the Saints need that third down receiver, and that's something that they have been missing, Damian, uh, for quite some time. So that guy that can be that Anquan Bolden, uh, you know, you know, a guy like Golden Tate on third down, Willie Sneed, Lance Moore type guy, I think the Saints, uh, you know, will be able to benefit from somebody like that. Eddie says, what are your thoughts on Traquan Smith? If they're acquiring the kill Harry, does that mean – a negative for Traquan and his development. Uh, no, look, Eddie, I, I said this before, and Eddie, I don't know if you're new to the uh, show or not, man, but, uh, you know, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for your question. But, you know, I, I don't think the Saints are giving up on Traquan Smith. The Sean Payton loves Traquan Smith. Like, he likes him a lot. Like, he rants and raves about him. And, you know, I just think that we we get so fascinated at guys, you know, like a Michael Thomas, like a, a – DeAndre Hopkins, you know what I'm saying, like a Devontae Adams. And, you know, anybody that's not on that level with them, you know what I'm saying, we feel like, you know what I'm saying, there's a little bit of a failure. And sometimes, like, because of the success of a Michael Thomas and there's so much of a drop-off in between, we have a tendency of looking past what those other wide receivers do. You know, but the, when you have a wide receiver that can block on the outside – that that's beneficial to a running back. Ask a running back who who runs vertical. You know what I'm saying? Ask them uh, is a wide receiver that can block is beneficial to their success. When you're throwing half pack tosses and stretch plays, and you have a wide receiver on the outside that can block, you know they can spring you for another 15 or 20 yards. Trust and believe they're happy to have that type of guy. Not to mention, you know, like Traquan Smith is a guy he makes some tough catches, man. I know y'all remember. Uh, when he caught that pass and I think Casey hit him and knocked his helmet off, he still caught the ball. There was a play against the Philadelphia Eagles a couple of years ago. Drew Brees fitted in there. He took a, a hit right to the chest and he still caught the touchdown. I mean, Traquan Smith is a tough football player, but I also feel like Traquan Smith, the strength that he had coming out of Central Florida, it, it wasn't it wasn't beneficial to him coming to the Saints because at the time the Saints didn't need him for that vertical strength that he possessed they wanted him because they because he was so big and tall and he was able to block on the outside and understanding that if you notice the selection of wide receivers that the saints had uh during the twilight of drew Brees' career it was guys that can win the battle off the line of scrimmage like you look at guys like michael thomas right you look at guys like michael thomas they're really good with their hands uh sean payton Austin says this eddie about um michael thomas he said he was trying to teach Michael Thomas about how to hand fight. And he said Michael Thomas reached his hand out and 
Michael Thomas was so strong off the line of scrimmage, he jammed Sean Payton's hands. Making when Sean Payton was trying to go up in line as if, if he was a cornerback. So if you notice that that was the kind of route that they were trying to go. You look at somebody like Deontay Harris, like, yes, he's good at, at stretching the field, but he's also very elusive. So if you're throwing wide receiver screens, he can get through those blocks and spring for big yards. So I just feel like Traquan Smith ability to block was beneficial to the Saints signing him. But now not only is he a good blocker, but I think this year you're going to see little nuances of Traquan we haven't been used to seeing. Like you really haven't seen a lot of vertical shots down the field of Traquan. I mean, they're few and far in between. So I feel like if we're evaluating Traquan, Based on what we've seen over the last couple of years, I feel like that wouldn't be fair because all the tools in it that he possesses weren't able to be on display because of the limitations of Drew. So I don't think the Saints are even considering getting a kill, Harry. I don't even think if it came down to, you know, do we want to keep Traquan and, and I mean, do we want to get rid of Traquan or think about getting rid of Traquan and getting the kill? I don't even think it's going to come down to that because, quite frankly, um, I don't even think it's close. I think to me, I think Traquan as a pro is better than the kill Harry. Gabriel says, I want a question about word case, Winston and Taysom. Uh, I'm hopeful about Winston, but worst case scenario, does Rogers or Russell Wilson have a ticket on this team? You know, Gabriel, um, first off, I think that if that was the case, I think it would be the future. Okay. That would be like, you know, down the line. I think that the Saints are all in on these two quarterbacks, whoever they may be, rather than Jameis or Taysom. And I think if it doesn't pan out, then they might see what's out there. You know, I, I think that Sean Payton really likes veteran quarterbacks. I think he likes guys that have the experience, guys that have NFL experience where the game is slowed down for him. I don't think he's really a big fan of young quarterbacks because you have to account uh, for the adjustment of the game coming from the college to the pros, you know, having to understand the different uh, uh, offensive concepts, reading defenses and stuff like that, understanding that. So I, I really think that Sean Payton is a fan of veteran quarterbacks. If the Saints were to draft a quarterback or if they would try to give somebody like an Ian Book a chance, I think that the Saints would sign a veteran in order to allow somebody like Ian Book or a rookie quarterback to sit behind them and learn. I don't see... Sean Payton does not – Sean Payton, to me, doesn't uh, seem like the type of coach that would, you know, be happy or elated about a rookie starting on the first date. That's the reason why I just think that he just liked those veteran guys. So, yeah, if it came down to it, I can see the Saints aggressively uh, trying to make some moves in order for them to try to acquire somebody like Aaron Rodgers. Maybe not so much a Russell Wilson. Um, I think that the Seattle Seahawks have made their – themselves clear about what they want from Russell but I do feel like they would actually go out here and try to get a guy that's a seasoned veteran maybe a guy that's probably unhappy probably we haven't heard about yet probably a guy that you know probably have some experience probably just need a different change of scenery kind of similar to Jameis and maybe drafting somebody but let's just hope for the best man I just hope we don't even have to go down there you know let's, let's hope that we don't even have to deal with that type of situation I'm hoping that it works out for either one of these guys where we can actually have some stability at the quarterback position for the foreseeable future. 
I mean, going through quarterback situations, I mean, it can set teams back for years. So let's hope that we don't even have to go down this, I mean, go down this route, right? Let's, let's make sure we don't have to go this route. I hope that everything works out between rather it's Taysom or Jameis, because quite frankly, I don't want to be sitting up here wondering who's the future and who's going to be the success of the Drew Brees four and five years from now. Hopefully we actually have this guy that can, you know, be that bridge. You know what I'm saying? That, that person that can help us to get to where we need to be, that can keep this team uh, going afloat. <clears throat> Excuse me, going afloat. I, I hope so. Uh, let's see. What's the latest and greatest, fam? Devin, what's going on? Thank you for being here. Uh, Alfred says, is this the same guy Brady had get on because he could not uh, never get separation? Pretty much. What are your thoughts on Richard Sherman? Uh, look, I like Richard Sherman a lot. I think I've said this on countless occasions, Mr. Hudak. Uh, thank you so much for your question. But I said this. I think that he's a guy who I think would be a great mentor to some of the younger uh, cornerbacks on the team. Uh, somebody like Paulson Adebo, who kind of kind of similar in size and skill and school and everything like that. Also, his his relationship with Chris Rashard from the past might be beneficial. So I do think that there are some pros with Richard Sherman coming to the New Orleans Saints. However, you know, my question is: Is Richard Sherman going to be able to uh, be able to be healthy throughout a seventeen game season? Richard Sherman's ability to play the cornerback position has never been in question. I mean, this guy is going to be a Hall of Famer, if you ask me, once his career is all said and done. He's a multi-time first-team All-Pro. We've seen what he was doing with the Legion of Boom in Seattle. He showed leadership when he went to the 49ers. A lot of those young cornerbacks stepped their game up under his tutelage and mentorship. So him being able to play has never been a question. It's just the durability issue. The torn Achilles, uh, being in and out of lineup, dealing with knee injuries. And also the fact that what if you go into training camp and you get beat out by a younger, you know, a younger uh, cornerback? Not so much with skills, but being able to run. Are you going to be able to put your ego to the side and be like, okay, well, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to help out any way that I can. The things that I'm hearing from Richard Sherman, which I'm not surprised about because the guy is a constant pro and a professional, right? When you're good at what you do and you're at the creme de la creme, you're the top of the food chain and you're an elite player, it's hard for you to accept the fact that you're not that player anymore. So I don't expect for Richard Sherman to say, ho-hum, I'm not, I can't play football anymore. I can't be a starter. But I do want him to understand if a team like the New Orleans Saints bring him in and they say, okay, we want you to be a starter, but let's just say something happens or maybe some of these other guys show a lot of promise that he's willing to say, okay, I'm going to put my ego to the side and I'm going to do what's best for the team. I'm going to play my snaps to the best of my ability, but I'm also going to help this young, this young cornerback get to where he needs to be. So I don't know if he's at that point of his career or not. I don't know if he's going to wait around, maybe wait for training camp. Something happens. I'm knocking on wood because I don't want to see any NFL player get hurt. But maybe he's sitting around waiting for a cornerback or something like that in training camp, maybe to go down so he won't be at the mercy of some of these GMs and these these uh, front offices and, and being like, OK, this is what we can offer you, because that's what guys are doing right now. That's what these veterans are doing. They're waiting for situations to present themselves so they can name their price because they don't want to be at the mercy of these teams. And I understand that. Right. If anybody has been in, in business or have done negotiations, 
you want leverage. You want a contract. You want a deal that's that's that benefits you. So I can understand that. But at the same time, if you come in and you have this idea of who you are, but that idea is not what it is, I will hope that you would accept that and still be a constant professional and help to develop some of these these young players that looked up to you since they were kids. I mean, because he's been in the league for quite some time. So I would love to see him on the New Orleans Saints team. I think that he can bring a lot to the table. But at the same time, I mean, if, if these guys beat you out, I'm not saying that they are. Just humble yourself and go out there and be the best you can be. Never heard of this guy, but according to you, it seems like we'd be getting empty calories if we acquire him. Definitely. Definitely. That's pretty much it. I don't have anything to comment on that. You pretty much said it all. Uh, if y'all still have a TA7, uh, should be quarterback number one for this. Who that's? Y'all don't know football. Uh, look, I, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm saying pretty much. I, I want to say that, look, I, I don't want to say that because I understand how people feel, right, about Taysom Hill. I'm not here to change anybody's mind. I have a difference of opinion in those people. I'm not going to say they don't know football, but at the same time, I feel like sometimes um, we let our heart get in the way of our minds. In our hearts, we want him to start because we like him so much. Like, it's almost like, you know, like I used to watch Family Matters when I was a kid growing up, right? And I used to see Steve constantly try to get at Laura. I know some of y'all probably lost. Some of y'all probably don't even know what Family Matters is, which is insane. But anyway, for season after season, we seen Steve Urkel go after Laura. You know what I'm saying? And Laura shut him down, shut him down. And a part of you are like, man, I hope one day that Steve get with Laura. When he finally got with Laura, a part of you was happy and satisfied because you've been rooting for this guy, this little nerd for years, right? To finally get Laura Winslow, right? It's kind of the same way with, with Taysom. We've been rooting for years for Taysom to get his opportunity because we like him so much. And we want to see him do good because he's a good guy, right? You know what I'm saying? He's a good guy. He says all the right things. He's a humble guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know, like we like him. He goes out there, he plays hard, teammates love him. We love him. But at the same time, you can like somebody, you can wish them well, but in reality, it may not be the best fit, right? How many times have we seen, I'm about to, you know, I'm about to be real. How many times have we seen that beautiful woman or that handsome guy and we wanted them, right? (laughs) But we realized like, man, this person might not be good for us, man. Like we might end up, turn into something that we don't want to be or the connection isn't there like we know like we we you know what i'm saying it, it looks good right he dropped that shoulder it looks good he runs down the field and takes over a game jumps over a, a defender it looks good but in reality what about all the other things right what about all the other things that's prohibiting um uh, you know what I'm saying him from you know being everything we want him to be sometimes we get blinded by it we get blinded by the looks right man they get on my nerves but dang, he look good. Man, she get on my nerves. But dang, she look good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but re- that's, I mean, I'm just being serious, folks. Sometimes we just, we want something so bad that sometimes we're willing to look past all the other stuff. I like Taysom. I would love to see Taysom on the Saints team for years to come. Like, I'm serious. Because he's such a matchup nightmare. I mean, not only that, like he's a trendsetter. You got teams right now trying to find quarterbacks that can do the same thing he can do. 
Why? That, that's my only question. Why wouldn't you? Why? Why would you want to change that? You know, like, why would you want that? Like, you can play, like, honestly, you can try to go out for quarterback and fail and probably be on the sideline four or five years, or you can play for a team, may not be the quarterback, may not get the main position you want, but still play for four or five years in the NFL and collect a check. Man, sounds pretty doggone good to me, doesn't it? I mean, doesn't that make sense, folks? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, help me out here. Mighty Mouse, thank you very much for the $5. He says, oh, we need to focus on the defensive side of the ball, either linebacker or cornerback. Should be our main focus, not wide receiver. I agree with that. Thank you for being a supporter, too. Thank you for being a supporter, too, Mighty Mouse. I appreciate that. Uh, Jesus says, so who do you think we should pick up in free agency? Because we know we should need another uh, wideout. So who, a wideout, I guess he means, wideout. Who else uh, you think we could pick up in free agency? It'll be a, a wide out besides Michael Thomas. Well, Jesus, look, Jesus, honestly, as of right now, I can't answer that question because I don't know. Like we're based, like we're basing, I, I, I'm, we're basing our opinion on a limited quarterback. I love Drew, man. Like I'm serious, but let's just be honest. Drew was limited over the last three to four years. He was limited. So it's hard for me to come out here and say, a guy is not good enough or the saints need to go in another direction because maybe the skills that that person possessed, maybe the saints couldn't accommodate for it. Right. How many times have we seen drew Brees run to the sidelines because the saints need to throw the ball past 20 yards. How many times have we seen Taysom take the field and throw the ball down the field to Deontay a Trey Quan? How many times have we seen this? Did we not see Jameis Winston throw the ball to Trey Quan Smith? I mean, we have to think about this. We can't just think in our heart of hearts and our mind of minds that, oh, that's just a trick play. There's nothing There's nothing trick about a play when a pass goes down 20 yards. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a trick play. If, if the quarterback is behind center, he takes a, a seven-step drop or a five- or a seven-step drop and throws the ball down the field, that's not a trick play. It's not. That, you know what I'm saying? Like, we have to come to grips and understand. And it's not a shot at Drew. Drew said it himself. That's why I don't feel bad about saying this. And this is why I don't feel like I people should be trying to get at me and saying, man, you don't like Drew. You ain't never like Drew. I don't see why people want to get on me about that. Because Drew said it himself. Drew said he didn't have all the tools in the toolbox. This came out of the mouth of number nine, Drew Brees. So for us to sit up here and say, oh, we need another wide receiver, how do we know? How do we know? That's like somebody saying, you know what I'm saying, I need a new car because it keeps going out on me. And then you, it turns out you take it to the mechanic shop and he say, well, nothing's wrong with your car. You just need a new battery. Should you, should you go and get rid of your car because you just found out you need a new battery? No. No, right? There's nothing wrong with your car. You just need a new battery. You put a new battery in, and your car's working good as new. So it's hard for me to say, oh, we need this. If these guys can have all these different skills, are you telling me that, you know, Traquan Smith is not a good wide receiver because the strength that he had was going vertical in college and he had to learn how to be a slot receiver. So now Jameis is here. Not only can he play in a slot, but he also can play on the outside where he can take the top off the defense and play into the strengths of what he had before he even got to the league. Are you telling me that Deontay Harris can't can't benefit from this 
a guy that was just basically known for wide receiver screens over the last couple of years. Now, you know what I'm saying, you can probably put him on the offense and he can go vertical or put him in a slot where he can burn a, a slot receiver or safety down the field. Are you telling me they can't benefit from a guy like a Jameis or a Taysom that can get the ball down the field? So I just say everybody pump their brakes on trying to go out here, oh, we need this guy, oh, we need that guy. Because let me tell you something. When we needed certain type of wide receivers, we seen the same front office go out there and make it happen, right? We went out here, we tried to get Cam Meredith. It didn't work out because he was injured. You know what I'm saying? We tried to get him from the Chicago Bears. We tried to get uh, Ted Ginn Jr., you know what I'm saying, for, for the kind of same reasons what they had with Deontay Harris, and he can work in the slot. We tried to get guys, right? We tried to get guys that kind of play into the strengths of what Drew Brees can do. So let's just pump our brakes when it comes to, oh, we need this, we need that, because we don't know if what we're looking for has been on a team the entire time. Let, let, let's wait a minute, pump the brakes, before we start talking about getting wideouts in, in free agency, because we don't know exactly if we have to go that route or not. I'm going to stroll down a little bit, folks. Uh, let's stroll down. I'm going to stroll down. Uh, Roderick, thank you very much for the $5. says, hey there, TJ. Uh, did you hear? Okay, did you hear about the media saying they – let me see. Who is this? Richardson. I don't, I don't know. What, what Richardson is this? Are you saying Shakari Richardson? Or are you talking about somebody – what other Richardson we talking about here? No, but I didn't hear. You know, I didn't hear about it. I didn't hear about that. Um, I'm, I need to know what Richardson you were referring to. I don't know if it's Shakari Richardson or some other Richardson. I apologize, man. But if you uh, put it down in the uh, comments again, you don't have to you know, donate, but just put the name down there again, who you're talking about, and I'll answer your question. Derek says, I'm late. Who is Harry? Uh, uh, Nikhil Harry. Nikhil Harry is a wide receiver for the New England Patriots. And the fact that you just asked who is Harry says everything we need to know. Reginald says Sherman playing hardball. I mean, can you blame him though, Reginald? I mean, this is a business at the end of the day. So I don't knock him uh, for making business decisions. I don't knock him for that at all. Uh, but I want to take this opportunity uh, to thank one of the sponsors of the State of the Saints podcast, Dynasty Owner uh, Fantasy Football. Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football. Are you worried about not being able to find anyone to play your league with? Well, don't worry, because Dynasty Owner can help you fill your league with fantasy football enthusiasts like yourself. So you won't be you won't have to worry about finding other players. Uh, you can choose to start your own league, join a league that needs to be filled, or you can purchase a team from a previous owner if you'd like to take that team to the championship. If you are finally serious about joining a big league, go to DynastyOwner.com and start your dynasty today. Once again, that's dynastyowner.com. So thank you to Dynasty Owner and also uh, the official sponsor of the State of Saints podcast, Manscaped. Manscaped.com. Go to manscaped.com and use the promo code State of Saints, and you can save 20% off of your purchase. There's also free international shipping. So thank you to everybody that has purchased Manscaped items. I really do appreciate that. Once again, use the promo code State of Saints. All lowercase letters, all one word, and you will save 20% off. Now let's get back to the comments. Damien says, by the way, TJ, today is my birthday. Just joined the 40 Club, but I'm looking good. Damien, happy birthday to you, brother. Appreciate all the love, support you show here on the State of Saints podcast. And I hope you have many more birthdays, my friend. You know, thank, 
you know, thank you for being here on your birthday and hopefully uh, your birthday has been going well. Tyree says Harry would open up space for Michael Thomas. Uh, you must be talking about, um, if you're talking about space, you must talk about him moving some uh, stuff out of uh, Michael Thomas' living room because I know you ain't talking about it on a football field. That's the only way he can make space for him. If Michael Thomas calls Nikhil Harry open and says, Nikhil, hey, man, you doing anything today? And Nikhil Harry says, nah. Well, he's like, man, I need to move my couch. Uh, you think you can move my couch and move my TV to the other room? Yeah, I need some space. That's the only way. Nikhil Harry can make space for Michael Thomas. Sam says, Taysom Hill is one of my favorites. I like him as a slash, but I'm not scared if he has to play under center. Well, Sam, thank you very much for being a supporter, man. Uh, but And I understand that, man. If it doesn't scare you, I'm not going to knock that. You know, if, if, if Taysom comes into the game, you know, I think the Saints can win some games. Like winning a lot of games, I, I just don't have that that level of confidence in him as I would like, you know, like Jameis Winston. Like, I'm not saying that the Saints would, be, like, be first pick overall bad if Taysom started, but I just think that Jameis gives the Saints a little bit something different than what Taysom can at the quarterback position, like throwing the football. Derek, I wanted Taysom to be the quarterback last year until I saw those four games. Honestly, he's not a starter. Derek, you know, like, a lot of people change their minds about him, and some people actually – you know, it felt like, you know, they, the way that they felt about him pretty much was confirmed, you know, the way that he played. So we'll see. We'll see. Casual Deck says, uh, we got some cap money now, eh? How about when you go after Richard Sherman? Because I believe uh, we are good at the wide receiver with what we got. Well, I believe that too, Casual. I believe that we're good with, at, at wide receiver, me personally. Uh I just think the reason why Richard Sherman has to sign anything because he's trying to trying to have leverage, man. If he signs right now, he's not going to get as much money as he would if training camp starts and somebody goes down. I mean, it's just the truth. Nola has plenty of firepower on offense, uh, so spend the limited dough they have on a defense. I agree. Alpha Sports says uh, Michael Thomas was always open. Uh, the main issue was Drew couldn't throw deep enough to the other wide receivers i agree with that i agree with it good point alpha sports trust me you don't want to kill harry he junk it's coming from a patriot fan uh miguel says who that tj was going on miguel eddie says here's a question what happened once our head coach leaves in a couple years left and what you think about our team will be like once he's gone well eddie that's down the line i mean sean payton on his on his contract still has like three more years and me personally i i look i really don't see sean payton leaving the new orleans saints for the exception of the saints just just completely like just going to the toilet um I, that's when i feel like uh he'll leave uh i just feel like the the position that sean payton is in the the organization they give him so much leeway they don't be in his way they don't try to uh disrupt what he does as a coach or the move that he and mickey Loomis try to make when it comes to making the decisions to bring in personnel and bring you know bringing players in you know like the Saints organization don't get involved and as a coach i mean when you have a culture like that that's kind of hard for you to leave so i know we're talking about you know him resigning and all that kind of stuff but i don't know I think that Sean Payton loves being a coach of the New Orleans Saints. If he didn't, he would have left. And I want you to keep this in mind. 
like Eddie, you gotta you gotta think about this, man. You don't think that Sean Payton knew that Drew Brees was thinking about retiring before he signed that contract? Now keep in mind, you gotta keep in mind now, Eddie. Sean Payton signed the five-year deal last year, the same year that Drew Brees thought, because we were thinking, man, is Drew Brees going to come back? Is he not going to come back? Is he coming back? Is he not coming back? Sean Payton signed the contract. He signed a five-year contract. So what that tells you right there, it has absolutely nothing to do with, you know what I'm saying, with, you know, Drew Brees. He's confident, right? He's confident that he can bring success to New Orleans post-Drew Brees. And that's the reason I feel like he likes it here. If that was the case, these guys have been conjoined since 2006, right? If he he had the opportunity to leave, I mean, because Drew could have been like, I'm about to retire. He could have signed like a one-year deal, two-year deal with an option for the second year. He could have like, and when Drew retired, Sean could have went somewhere else, but he didn't. So that tells you everything you need to know. He likes being here. And I just think that he's taking it upon himself as a duty to go out here and try to see if he can win and be successful without Drew. So. So true, TJ, let's see what we have first before we start disrupting the team. I agree. I agree with that. Like, I'm just saying, like, let's just wait. We just quickly go in panic mode because we don't know. We we don't know or we we don't recognize certain people. So we just feel like we don't have anything there. Everybody got to, you know, start somewhere. I think the Saints offense might be the dog cause this year. I think Winston will fit into that offense nicely. Yeah. You know, but at the same time, while we're thinking and making assumptions, I think that the Saints need to put the emphasis on defense. You got to put the emphasis on defense because that, you still have a new quarterback under center and you're going to need that defense to play lights out until the offense actually develops some level of chemistry. Hi, TJ, the host. I'm thinking without a doubt, we need an experienced cornerback. I agree with that, Freddie. I think that the Saints have a young cornerback room right now. I think they need some veteran leadership in there. Uh, Trey Richardson. (laughs) Um. Trey Richardson. Um, okay. Yo, you're talking about Trey Hendrickson. Oh, you're talking about Trey Hendrickson. Okay. We're talking about Trey Hendrickson here. Okay. Yeah. Trey Hendrickson. I'm like, true with Trey Richardson. Trent Richardson? <laughs> nah, but uh, Trey, Trey Hendrickson. Uh, no, I don't think Trey Hendrickson is is uh, overrated. I don't. Uh, I, I thought he was pretty good the last couple of years. The only thing was he was dealing with injuries. Over the last couple of years, starting out, Trey Hendrickson was leading the team in sacks. I think in 2019, um, he started off the gate. He had four sacks in like three weeks, right? And he was leading the team in sacks before he went down, had an injury, and he missed a couple weeks. Then the past, this uh, past season, he led the team in sacks. So that was one of the main reasons what gave me, when people were talking about Jadavion Clowney last offseason, I was like, man, we got Trey Henderson. So I don't think he's, I don't think that he's overrated. I think that he's going to be really good. I think he's going to be really good for, for the Bengals. When the hell Nikhil Harris scared anybody? Stop. Don't want him. Yeah, I, I, I didn't understand that. TJ with the radio spot commercial voice. I see you, my boy. Hey, man, we do this every single day, okay? We do, we do this every single day. On top of being a podcaster here, uh, you know, 
I'm a radio personality, you know, so I'm on the air Monday through Friday. So, <laughs> so we do this every day, man. Uh, Tyrese says, I think the sidelines are going to be the best in the NFL. We got a lot of talent and we just need to worry about the number two corner. Is uh, we going to bring in Richard Sherman or Steven Nelson? But I believe in the Debo. Well, let's just wait. Like, I don't think any of the cornerback questions are going to be answered until we probably in training camp. That's when I feel like we're probably going to bring somebody in or probably a, a couple, I'll say a week or two before training camp. Wouldn't surprise me either, but I don't think we're going to see anybody of any significance that will be able to compete until training camp. Derek says, I think the Saints offense is going to be just fine. I am worried about the weak side linebacker and cornerback number two. I'm all for Alexander for coming back so Warner can learn from him. Uh, Derek, who's to say that Pete Warner, who's to say Pete Warner won't come in and, and light the world on fire right away? Like, we, we don't know that for sure. There's every year they have that one guy that always comes in, always makes an impact that nobody expects to make that type of impact. People that, you know, we probably never even really heard of. Pete Warner is a guy that has a lot of experience at Ohio State. He's a guy that's a leader. He's a guy that understands defenses. He's a guy that is fast. He's a guy that, to me, is a sure tackler. So he has a lot of traits that I think we as Saint fans need to be proud of. The only issue that we have in a Houdat Nation sometimes is we feel like a guy is a rookie, so we don't feel like we can count on that guy to come in and ball out. But I just feel like if you look at our team over the last couple of years, you've seen some young players come in as rookies and make impact. People like C.J. Gardner-Johnson over the last couple of years, right? Uh, you know, people like Marcus Williams, Marshawn Lattimore, Alvin Kamara, uh, Alex Azalone when he was healthy. You know what I'm saying? For the most part, these guys actually came in and, and it was they, they made some noise. Even Adam Troutman developed as a blocker when we had Jared Cook as the pass catching tight end. So we've seen guys come in and have done a really good job right away. So who's to say that that Pete Warner might not come in and be exactly what we need him to be? You know, I think I think sometimes when guys are, you know, stay in college a little bit longer, not only do you know, they develop leadership traits because, you know, if they're on a football team three or four years, of course, they're probably most likely to become a captain. But you look at this guy starting on special teams, working his way up to the linebacker room, becoming a captain of the team on the defensive side of the ball. You know, like I have a respect for guys that start off in the mail room, make their way to the executive floor, because I know the trials and tribulations that they had to go through year after year, guys coming in, you're going to Ohio State, this is a this is a powerhouse here. So you know they're getting like some of the best talent in the nation coming to the school and you have to compete and work your way up every single year in order for you to even hit the field. So it's just something about Pete Warner to me that's, that tells me that he's probably going to be out of all of these rookies, going to be the one that probably be the one that we all be really happy about this season more so than others not to say that we're not going to be excited about some of these other guys coming in doing something but i just have a i have a special feeling about him i have a special feeling reginald says you cold tj (laughs) alpha sports says if the go time brady didn't go after him why should the saints good question happy birthday damien giving a shout out to damien 
man, this is pure ignorance. <laughs> Claude, have mercy. <laughs> what you think about Josh Norman? Uh, I think Josh Norman uh, over the hill pass is prime. Uh, I think that uh, Josh Norman got a little bit of money uh, and kind of just rest on his laurels. I, I never, I, Josh Norman never developed past what he was in Carolina. You know, to me, you know, like he he made a name for himself in Carolina and he just continued to live off that name. You know, it's like it's like when a guy end up being good. Right. He becomes I don't want to say a household name, but in the eyes of NFL fans, he's recognizable. And then all of a sudden, like when he walks into a room or your team is considered getting that guy, all of a sudden you're like, ooh, ooh. But what has that guy really done over the last couple of years besides be named Josh Norman? What has this guy actually done over the last couple of years? And I'm going back uh, besides being named Champ Bailey. What has they done besides the fact being named Adrian Peterson? No disrespect to those guys. Really good when they were in their prime. But a lot of these guys living off their name. And Josh Norman over the last three to four years, that's what he's been doing. I mean, he's been getting stiff on by Derrick Henry. He's been getting smoked by Michael Thomas. He's been getting burnt by Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, come on, man. Like, let's just be serious about this. All he all he has been doing is running his mouth and getting embarrassed on a football field. He has not been what we wanted him to be. You know what I'm saying? And, and a part of me is glad that the Saints dodged the bullet because I remember when the front office actually went to Drew Brees a couple of years ago and they were thinking about making some moves in order to make a trade for Josh Norman when he was unhappy. So makes me think that the Saints actually dodged the bullet. No, like Josh Norman was really good when he was in his prime, but um, he's not the same. uh, He's not the same Josh Norman when he was in Carolina. I mean, that's just my, my humble opinion. Roderick says it was a news article saying, Hendrickson is overrated since signing with Cincinnati. They said he was underrated with the Saints, but with the big payday, Cincinnati fans are already doubting. Well, look, Cincinnati fans don't need to be doubting nothing because anything that y'all can bring in would be an upgrade for anything that y'all actually have already. Oops. Sorry. Well, not sorry. It's reality. It's reality, man. The Cincinnati Bengals for the last couple of years have sucked. Their head coach, Zach Smith, is not very good at head coaching. This dude is not very good. Don't know how he sustained the job. Don't know what the heck they're going to do when it comes to, you know, what in that regard. I don't think that they're going to be any, you know, I don't, th- I don't think any Cincinnati fan need to have a problem with anything because they're not very good. So if you can go out here and you can get somebody like Trey Hendrickson, why not? Who, I mean, honestly, who the hell are the Cincinnati Bengals to be complaining about anything? Like, seriously, man. You, in reality, you have, like, one of the worst front offices in all of football. One of the most stingiest, most stubborn franchise owners in the history are the Brown family. You guys refuse to trade guys when they want to leave. You want to keep these guys around. Clearly, these guys aren't happy. You rather, these guys have to basically retire in order to get off your books. You know, and you constantly just think that you just guys just constantly think that you all, you know, like, well, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I, let, me, let me just be quiet. Paulson Adebo, uh, Adebo going to be really good in the future. Uh, he just needs to fix 
on uh, stop getting beat on the double moves, but a good man coverage. Yeah, we'll see, man. He's young. He he's young. He'll he'll learn. Insanity. What you smoking? <laughs> Torsha says uh, Pete Warner is not fast. He runs a four eight. He was smart and always around the ball. Well, look. Um, I think you know. So I think he's a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? Than a lot of people give him credit for, and he's a lot faster than a lot of people give him credit for. I don't fall in love with with 40, uh, 40 yard dashes. I don't. You know, that's just something that the media does. You know, to me, ooh, look how fast he run. That doesn't equate to anything. You know, you you bench pressing two hundred twenty five pounds thirty and forty times means absolutely nothing. That's not going to equate to the field. Uh, Pete Warner, to me, is I think that he's going to be a really good linebacker for the Saints. You know, the Saints drafted him early because they they see something special in him. And I think that we're going to end up seeing something special in him, too. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. TJ, I just think right now we need to focus on defensive line, cornerback, and linebacker. We're really going to need the defense to step up. Yeah. And I think it's going to happen, man. But I just think that the Saints do a really good job at trying to evaluate what they have first before they go out and try to make decisions. That's one thing that the New Orleans Saints do. They give guys the benefit of the doubt. And they they give guys the opportunity to go out there and to compete. And if it doesn't work out, then they don't have a problem going out here looking and trying to find something that actually fits into what they're actually doing. So even though this team is intact right now, we're seeing guys, it's not a definite that it might end up being like this come week one. Eugene says Pete Warner started on burgers and worked his way up to fries. Now that's what a big buck star rule. <laughs> exactly. You know, starting off in a, in a mail room to the executive floor, right? I mean, he started off washing lettuce. You know what I'm saying? Like that's where he, then, then you got the fries. You know what I'm saying? He, he up there walking. He didn't even start on the burgers. He was washing lettuce. Eight and one should have been nine and no. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, the Eagles, um, they got lucky that day. Pete, uh, Pete Warner ran a four six. I'm not really, like I said, I'm not really big on 40 yard dashes. I don't, I don't think that really tells a whole story about how a guy's career is going to end up. According to the, the Saints ESPN analyst, every player drafted in 2007 was a bad move. Exactly, man. You know, you don't know what these guys are going to be until until they go out there and play and then then you can make that type of decision i want to see little jordan humphrey flourish this season well i don't know how much uh playing time little jordan is going to get i do feel like he's a little bit on the bubble he's going to have to have a good training camp man in order for him to make the team i mean he's been kind of you know on practice squad then activated to the main roster like this this is your year man you got to do something Thanks, Pammy. I'm on the state of the game. Uh, that's why I didn't see. And special shout out to the OG. Yeah, shouts out to you, Damien. Thank you, man, for chilling out on the state of the game podcast. A big hell now for Josh Norman. Yes, yes. I ain't feeling it. Werner got got something he can hit. Yeah, man. I think he a sideline of sidelines. And there's still no indoor practice facility in Cincy. <laughs> There's not even an outdoor practice facility. If you count on how the way they've been playing over the last couple of years, you think they even have a facility at all. Uh, TJ, Josh Norman was good on the Panthers. He was a top five corner in his prime. Yeah, was. <laughs> I mean, that, that was, which is past tense, which used to be, which means yesterday, 
which means yesteryear, which means in the past, right? We're talking about right now. And right now, if you ask me, should the Saints go anywhere near Josh Norman, my answer to you would be Hell no, to the no, 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 to the no. No way, man. No way. He's smart. Hard work pays off. Warner got something. Yeah, I, I do think he got something. Sounds like now I'm the Ossawa Jarius Bird. Pretty much. Pretty much. Y'all tickle me about Josh Norman. Yeah, man, Josh Norman, he, he ain't what that is no more, man. I'm sorry. I, he was good when he was in his prime, but I, he got that money and, I mean, he started living like a fat rat at a cheese factory. And then he just fell off, fell off, man. Since Cincinnati is like we were back in 2006, any upgrades we got during all season was big for us, and we were appreciative of free agent upgrades. Look, I look, I'm always look. I'm I'm a big fan of states like Ohio because they remind me so much of Louisiana, hardworking, you know, blue collar, blue collar town. But uh, man, we gotta live in reality here, and reality is you're not very good. Haven't been real good since Marvin Lewis was there. Haven't made the playoffs since Marvin Lewis was there. Uh, at least y'all had a defense every time he was there. At least y'all was competing with Pittsburgh and Baltimore every time he was here. Now he, basically y'all the laughing stock of the National Football League. Y'all got Joe Burrow, but y'all getting him killed because y- you can't protect him. Don't have a good offensive line. You got two young wide receivers that's going to come in. You got Jamar Chase and you got T. Higgins. That's a start. You got a good offensive firepower, but in reality – you're not very good. And I just think that people just have to be real with themselves, man. You know, sometimes, you know, you have to be that one friend that tells that other friend who thinks they look good when they look in the mirror. Mm-mm, girl, that ain't it. Or nah, my dude, that ain't it. Nah, bro, you need to put something else on. Or you need to iron that shirt or something. You need that one friend. So TJ Jones is your friend, Cincinnati. And I'm telling y'all, you know what I mean? Y'all have no room to talk about anybody this guy had 13 and a half sacks last season so him coming to your organization is an upgrade from what y'all actually had i mean y'all couldn't get to the quarterback if y'all had his phone number and his address you know what i'm saying <laughs> like i'm serious y'all y'all cannot get to the quarterback if y'all knocked on his door it's it, it just facts y'all need help on the defensive side of the ball and you also need help on the offensive line hopefully y'all got that help on the offensive line in the all season but any upgrades that you could to help your team build and become better, I just feel like y'all just need to be quiet. Seriously. I mean, I understand the frustration. As a Saints fan, I mean, bro, I mean, preaching to the choir. But um, when guys come in that, that you know, that are good, that, you know what I'm saying, you have expectations and, you know what I'm saying, they, they had a good season. You can't be sitting up there like, man, I don't know about this. Like, come on, man. Your team was bad. Horrible. I mean, stinker. I mean, I can smell, I can smell the garbage from here to Cincinnati. That's how bad that team has been over the last couple of years. I root for Cincinnati. I mean, I'm serious, man. I root for them, man, because I'm always rooting for the underdog. I always like when teams like that struggle, they they rise up the ranks and become better. But man, you gotta be real with yourself. Like, seriously, man. Y'all, y'all were not very good. Y'all not very good right now. So who are y'all to talk about any any? upgrades y'all bring in i wonder uh with the delta vibrant out uh and about now how the nfl would be take precautions to protect players i guess you mean when the uh with the delta variance is out 
and about how the NFL will take precautions to protect players. Uh, I'm not sure, man. I'm not. I'm not too sure about that. Not sure what the NFL has up their sleeve. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I guess they, you know, they're giving these guys the option to do that. You know, I think that the NFL really don't. You know, the NFL just wants to get back to normal and start making that money. You know, so they're gonna do what they have to do, and I think they're just gonna leave it at that. Already read that one. Absolutely, hell to the no. We need Quan Tate and Sherman or a decent DB. <laughs> he, said, he said, and Sherman or a decent DB. What are you saying? Sherman ain't decent? <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. I know what you meant. Uh, not after Norman got that Derrick Henry treatment. Well, look, a stiff form is not a deal breaker for me. It just, uh, it, it just adds on to the collage of things that I've seen that tells me that he fell off a cliff. OK, that is just a it's just it's just a, a collage of things that I've seen. Like that's just the, it's just the icing on the cake to me. That's not the deal breaker. If like guys get stiff on guys get ran over all the time. Right. That, that's not a deal breaker for me. It's not. Um, but when I'm seeing you falling off on top of getting stiff on when I'm seeing you falling off on top of getting burnt. Yeah, it's a deal breaker for me. Trevor says, what up, TJ? Just getting off, relaxing, watching your podcast. Who that? What's going on, Trevor? Appreciate you for being here. Derek says, yeah, that stiff arm ruined his career. Now, his career was ruined before the stiff arm. Uh, our D-lines are six seven six 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 five. Uh, We got some tall, some D-line like Peyton Turner, Marcus Davenport, Cam Jordan, Carl Granderson, Tano Passigno, and David Aguimata, 6'4". Uh, so I feel bad for every quarterback. Well, if we're playing basketball or, you know what I'm saying, maybe, you know, maybe we'll have some here. But size ain't meaning nothing here. You know what I'm saying? Like, can they get to the quarterback? You know, yeah, they tall and all that kind of stuff, man. But can they get to the quarterback? Hopefully they can. Shh, be quiet. Tonight is the night we ride. 30 camera boy, humble with inside. <laughs> Zico, live by, die by. <laughs> I don't know what that juvenile reference was. Besides the fact, talking about a uh, vax that thing up. I don't know if y'all seen that. Juvenile, uh, rate a remake for back that thing up. Trying to get people to get vaccinated, saying vax that thing up. I don't know if y'all seen it, but it's available uh, on the State of the Saints Facebook page. Hey, TJ, what's the status on Marshawn Lattimore's suspension status? Will you get suspended? Still not sure about that, Grayland. Not sure if he's going to get suspended or not. Pretty sure we'll learn as the season gets closer. Yeah, that's true, Saints, Pels, lady. But Michael Thomas was limited last year. Emmanuel Sanders stepped up in a perfect. He's good. Yeah, I think Michael Thomas is going to be fine. Um, Manuel Sanders did do a good job last year, so I ain't got no problem with that. Uh, you think uh, we are going to re-sign Quine now that uh, we got some more cap space? Well, yeah, we might. Depends on what he's asking for. Depends on what he feel. You know, he feel he needs to get, and does it match up with the Saints? We'll see. I know it's a lot of people bringing up Jack Rabbit, but me personally, I think the departure of Malcolm Brown would be missed. Uh, but we okay. Uh, what you think, TJ? Yeah, I definitely think we're going to miss Malcolm Brown. He he definitely was a guy that we needed uh, for run support. He was very underrated as an interior lineman. think we're going to miss him, but I have confidence in some of these younger guys. You know, I mean, Shai Tuttle, he's been here for quite some time. Malcolm Roach has uh, one year under his belt. Uh, you know, you got guys like Peyton Turner that can be alternate inside and outside. Uh, and also you have David Ayamada, who has really stepped up being one of the top interior linemen, not only 
uh, you know, in the NFC South, but or in the NFC, but in NFL as a whole. So they got some talent right there. Brandon says, TJ, do you think that Mike T will have a better season than his record-breaking season now that he has a young quarterback with a cannon? Brandon, um, yes, I, I do think that Michael Thomas will go back to being that elite receiver that he is. Um, I don't think that he just needs 100 and some odd catches in order for him to validate himself. You know, it's good to have all those catches. It's good to have that 80% catch rate, but it's even better for you to get those yardage and stuff, those yards and stuff like that. I think that uh, he'll be just fine. I think Michael Thomas is a number one receiver. I think that he gets a lot of flack for, you know, people saying that all he do is run slants. I think that you have to look at the fact that, you know, Drew Brees uh, being limited at the quarterback position once again, uh, you know, prohibit him to run some of, you know, everything in his arsenal. Because we've seen in his rookie season, man, 2016, we, I mean, we've seen him catch the ball. We've seen him, you know what I'm saying, like go deep and catch passes over people's head and stuff like that. We've seen this stuff. So we know that he can catch passes vertically. That's never been an issue for Michael Thomas. Fact is, you know, like he just kind of fell into that role and, and became that receiver that Drew Brees needed him to be. So, yes, um, I do think that he's going to have a, a very productive season. I don't know if he's going to lead the league in reception yards or I mean, receiving yards or receptions, but I do think he's going to have a, a solid season. Uh, I like me some Jackrabbit Jenkins. He was good. P.J. Williams, P. Rob couldn't hold the jockstrap. With Paulson Adebo, just start him on there, and and that's our only flaw opposite Marshawn Lattimore. Um, we don't know that for sure. Um, these other guys, I mean, look, P- Patrick Robinson, P.J. Williams, they're good slot guys, right? I mean, we don't want them on the outside, nowhere near the outside. Please don't touch the outside. But on the inside, these guys can make tackles and, and they can they can guard these tight ends and these slot receivers. So um, I don't have a problem with that. I, I don't. Uh, but we do need some, you know, I would start pulsing the deep on the outside. Um, maybe he'll go through some growing pains, maybe not, but we never know until we put him out there. And I mean, he got to be baptized by fire, as they say. Christopher says, uh, Saints Pale Lady Buffalo going to have a good squad. Uh, Saints Pale and uh, Buffalo going to have a good squad, too. Mm. Uh, come to Charlotte week two, Reginald. <laughs> uh, let's see. ICP, you smoking. What did ICP actually say? Let me stroll back about ICP's uh, Caroline speaking NFC South this year. Just watch. Uh, I don't know about all that. Um, I think that Carolina um, going to be better than last year. I'll give them that. Um, but spank the NFC South. I don't know about all that. Um, I think they're going to be better, but uh, I don't think they're going to spank the NFC South. I, I, don't, I don't think that at all. I'm not going to say they're going to be God off. I don't think they're going to be the worst team in NFC South, uh, but I do feel like they're going to be um, formidable. I don't think they're going to win a division. They're going to win some games though. But uh, I want to say thank you all for checking out the state of the saints podcast. Thank you so much for those that made comments, those that asked questions. I really do appreciate it. Thanks to those that, that donated, uh, please. Uh, if before you go, go ahead and hit that like button. If you have not already, let everybody know how much you enjoyed the state of the saints podcast. And if you did go ahead and hit that subscribe button, if you haven't already as well, um, subscribe to the state of the saints podcast here on YouTube. Uh, also uh, follow on Facebook, facebook.com search the state of the saints podcast, previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, radio, anchor FM, 
We want to thank Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football League of being a sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast and also the official sponsor, Manscaped.com. Go to Manscaped.com for all your male grooming needs. Save 20% off. Use that promo code State of Saints and you will save that 20%. Free international shipping as well. You all take care. Have a great day. All those in Florida, be careful out there. Hope everybody's doing fine out there. And like always, all I got to say is, who that?